Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 100. We're finally in the triple digits, and uh, we have our usual four, and we have Nick LeBlanc back on. I know we've talked about having people back on several times. I think he may be one of the... No, that's not true. You're one of the first guys I think we haven't met that we've had back on the podcast. Uh, Sweet. Does that sound like... Luke, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there anybody else we've had on multiple times that we haven't actually met? Uh, I don't think so. I think you're on point. Yeah. And you're on point with pronouncing his last name wrong. You seem to have a really good time. Oh, I'm good at that. Yeah. <laughs> Guess yeah, last Chris name knows. wrong. Ayusa? Is that how you pronounce it or is it <clears throat> Nick? It, LeBlanc. Fuck yeah, Graham. You got it oh, wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Graham always botches names, though, so it's not a big surprise. Yet here I am introducing most of them. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> so, I was not present for the first one. And, you know, I listened to it. And part of me... Uh, no, I'll just say I am I am very upset I missed that episode. Because uh, I always look at your Jeep and I'm like, oh, it's a 2000 Cherokee and it's silver. And I, like, totally copied uh, a lot of... Not a lot of things. I think there's some very different... Uh, ideas i think we have based on listening to 64 uh that you and i have the first and foremost biggest one being you you immediately pulled the leaf springs out and here i am nursing them along i got a i got a good laugh out of that um <laughs> <laughs> yeah those were the plan from the beginning i wasn't yeah. gonna run leaves yeah uh, and and i'm uh, come on Graham. i don't know how Graham. i feel about mine but it's Say not it. the leaf's fault it's not the leaf spring's fault. It's the stupid traction bar that apparently I'm incapable of welding on, uh, among other things. Um, hey, sounds like it's the driver's fault. No, I don't think it is. I think it's... It's just... I don't know. I Either way, I can't get over that. Um, but I want to hit a couple things that Cody started... Opened the conversation up with in the previous episode we had you on and the first one is that the 2000 cherokee uh head gaskets are bad that's not a thing the cylinder head what? cracks oh uh, uh, is that what it is yes uh. it's the 0331 head actually cracks right in the middle which causes the leakage and messes them all up and that's why everybody hates them because they're just it's a junk casting uh, yeah that, that's what was actually happening to the motor when i first bought the jeep i bought it as a non-running Jeep. Yeah, he thought it was just a head gasket, but it was a uh, much more. Oh yeah, and then that's <laughs> there's like so many little things that just looking, listening to the episode, uh, however many weeks, nearly a year later, is, almost is ten just, months. It's it's it, it's almost hard to listen to sometimes. So I don't know how people are listening <laughs> to the old episodes and and then catching up. Like I would want to start at the the end and just keep going i don't know if i'd want to look back at maybe some of the cool ones like um you and uh sam mcintyre which i definitely just butchered his last name too uh and some of the i don't know i'd look for like the good one, the cool right? ones the, the people yeah you got that one, right oh i did Sweet. Um, yeah <laughs> you know i think that there's some really good stuff like i've gone back and re-listened to the hack bar episodes and the audio quality and stuff wasn't where it is now, but like the I was actually surprised. Okay. Uh, with sixty four, it was really good. I had no complaints. You were actually a little quiet, Luke, but that was it. But this isn't, uh, you know, podcast about audio quality. Podcast. This is uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is a podcast where we we finally have uh, Nick back on. So I'd like to uh, grill him about a couple of things. First off, is you're going back to the manual, which I am happy to see. I'm kind of puzzled by your transmission choice, though. That's the SM460 that you... 465, yeah. 465? Isn't that the dump truck transmission that's a giant bitch to shift? I could be totally wrong. Uh, I I mean, they they get a reputation for it. They're really not that bad to shift, and I'm not really racing this thing, so it's kind of... I need something strong, low gears. Fair. Something I'll never have to worry about again. What's the gearing on it? It's, I think it's like a 645 first gear or something like that. Yeah, oh, it's like 65 to 1 first. Um, we were talking when I was talking about doing the LS swap with using that transmission. Uh, well, doesn't the Dodge NV4500 have a pretty low first gear? It might not be that low, but I think it's close. Yeah, the 4500, you can get us. A six something first gear. Um, the problem is everyone wants like two or three grand for an NV forty five hundred. True. I really don't want to spend that on it. So gotcha. That's understandable for sure. And I don't need overdrive, so it's kind of. Yeah, are you uh, <laughs> are you still driving it on the road every once in a while? Uh, no, obviously not a lot, uh, even since it, we last talked to you. But yeah, occasionally, and it'll. It'll do the speeds I drive just fine. I'm not planning on taking it on the highway much, so I don't need to do 80 miles per hour, but it'll do 65, 70 with a one-to-one just fine. That's all you need. Yeah. I also got a, I got a kick out of the um, the Stroker versus LS uh, conversation you guys had. Do you... Now that you've actually had... I think when we initially talked to you, you hadn't really done a ton with the LS. Obviously, since then, you've got it working broke it i think i was still installing it then yeah i think you you got it working right and then it yeah. blew it up and now it's round two with the ls which is a common theme uh yeah and now you're getting rid of the 4080 so uh i mean would you have kept knowing what you know now do you think you would have just kept the stroker and and the 3550 <laughs> uh probably because it it worked every time i needed it to um <laughs> And, uh, you know, it would have been a lot cheaper, but, uh, I'm, you know, I'm at where I'm at now. So I think I'll be really happy with it again. Once it's got a manual back in it. Um, I just, I, the feel of driving an automatic isn't as fun and a little concerning to me. I was having some issues. Concerning. That's like you just with what uh, kind of issues? my, my driving style. Um, I, I'm always, you know, on and off the clutch. I use it for everything. Um, and that torque converter never really unlocking. You know, I, I don't I don't stop when I want to stop, and recovery is a little. Uh, I'm sure with some time and a lot of wheeling, I would probably get used to the automatic. I just don't want to get used to the automatic. <clears throat> what yeah. made you do the switch in the beginning? I'm, we might have talked about this in the last one, but we, just we for did. I think he said, and I totally might. Why don't just... you let him fucking tell us? <laughs> <great? Nah. laughs> I just listened to the Jesus. episode. Okay, it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh no, yeah, Nick, you go. It was supposed to be a little more simpler, uh, a little more cost effective. I was pl- hoping to, you know, have my wife be able to drive it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it ended up not really being worth all that. 
Um, and I, it definitely has a bit more cost effective. I, I got to buy, I bought a bunch for it and I still would have to buy a whole lot more if I wanted to work the way I wanted to work. Just as far okay. as I'm going to go through all that, like, well, a much looser converter. Um, I need that electronic shift set up. Um, cause I already bought one converter and it, it just wasn't loose enough. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And the gearing kind of sucks. I wouldn't even know. Like you're, I'm, I'm a manual guy. Luke's a manual guy. Uh, Cody and Richie aren't, but they don't have to think about the big boy stuff yet. Well, so I'm building it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, I just I think it's cool to finally see somebody throw in. I mean, I know uh, Sam's got the LS in that that J truck, and that's um, he's got an MV4500 behind that, and that's cool to see. Yeah, you just don't see LS swaps where people, and maybe you do in in other sports, but I feel like in uh, in off-roading, it's always the, the manual, the 4L80 or the 4L, 4L60, and it's kind of like, I don't know, just... Yeah, that's the common. It's cool to see approach. you go back. I <laughs> I, 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 I like that. Um, and then, yeah, and also... Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, No, no, you got it. Oh, um, transmission fluid fires scare the shit out of me, mm. and uh, there's a lot of fluid passing around really hot headers, uh, you know, if I can eliminate that potential failure, um, makes me feel a little more comfortable when I'm sitting on like a hillside, just beating the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. That that's fair enough. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good point. I did. Uh, you know, it was a little your old Jeep with the obviously this is you know closer to home with with you because you had your old Jeep that caught on fire because of the whole fueling thing. Um, did you did that Jeep have the metal tank? I it think. did. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's what that was, right? So you had the plate on the bottom, and this is me just kind of uh, reaffirming what I was listening to, but I didn't. I don't think there was any like solid. Um, nobody ever confirmed that it was. You said metal tank uh, with a plate underneath, and I was. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't sure the year of the Jeep. So uh, uh, this one didn't. It didn't actually have a plate underneath. Um, it was relocated through the floorboard. Hmm. Um, and it didn't stick below the frame rails, but when it was still below the floorboard in the factory position, for the years I was wheeling it before, I, you know, dented it a bunch. And yeah. uh, over time, I think that probably fatigued some of the seams in it. Mm-hmm. So when I went wheeling that one time, it uh, probably started leaking out of some of those seams. Yep. And that was actually I got a bunch of crap um, from these guys when I put my tank in the back, and it's not my uh-huh. final configuration. Uh, with mine, but it still causes me concern. Uh, every time I, you know, if I, if I smell fumes in the cab, which I don't smell often, thankfully, I've only had a couple instances and usually only when it, when it just starts, uh, all the venting is outside of the cab. Um, so I don't generally have to deal with it, but it's still not ideal. I don't love it. Uh, especially with, I don't have, I'm missing two windows now, but I do want to put those back in. Uh, <laughs> Um, wonder why it's it's also a little concerning when you have an oblivious passenger light up a cigarette too yeah well i told i literally warned you as you did it i was like there's a fuel tank in the back uh don't be dumb yeah. uh, i don't smell gas <laughs> but like you know there's there's uh, crazy shit happens yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. stupider things have happened so um it, it's not ideal i want to i want to eventually move it but as uh you know the the theme Right now, with the back is cost, I'm trying to save the money to do it right. Um, yeah, 
uh, and, and just not have to worry about it. I, hopefully I can do that sooner than the thing burns to the ground, but I'm, I'm you know, like you mentioned in the, in the previous episode we had you on, I'm, I'm pretty serious about, uh, you know, smelling gas. I've had a couple issues with the lines up by the headers, um, cracking on me and doing weird shit. So, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've had close calls and I don't want to, you know, chance it if I don't yeah. have to, um, obviously it's my situation could be better with that, but, uh, it's, it's not the end of the world. I honestly expected it to be sketchier than it is. So, and with the plastic tank, uh, I think it might be a, not nearly as bad, but obviously you're probably uh, fine. Yeah. A cell would be cooler. It just um, melts quicker. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah releasing more fuel but it, it's fine it's fine uh the other um, thing uh okay. the other thing that i um am curious about with your rig is the titan box because i've got the eco eco box which i know they i don't know how much they actually touched on it in the in your other episode is there a difference in the gearing ratio in a titan box versus something like a black box because i know a black no, box it, is 272 right yeah, it's still 272. Okay, it's just a smaller form factor, right? Yeah, it's a it's like a 5.3 inch box, um, and you know it, it used to be the only way you could get that big single input 205 shaft. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think the difference in the newer Eco ones and this one is uh, the old the Titan ones are one piece, mm-hmm. um, just completely formed out of one piece, and the new ones are a two piece pressed together. From what I what my buddy was telling me, who had one. Um, but other than that, it's, it might be um, the original ones were. I don't know if they might have changed them with the changing generations, but when they first started doing the Eco Titan version, yeah, I'd have to look at the pictures and see what mine is. I don't, I don't know if it is. I think it's just a. I don't even want to say it because I'm probably. I, I I haven't looked at it in a while. I don't like taking it apart because it's a pain in the ass to get to um yes i'm curious uh like fluid wise my biggest issue with the eco box is when i drive it on the highway which at these days admittedly isn't that often i've had it puke a bunch of gear oil out of the breather it's like it has nowhere to go and i feel i'm not filling it up to the brim i'm filling it up with one quart which is what they recommend and i'm having the thing it just spits it all out and I'm not sure if that's just a me issue maybe I'm doing something wrong I don't know but I was just curious to see with a Titan box an even smaller case like have you had problems with that I, I didn't have any puking issues um, okay. it, I'm pretty sure it takes like just over a half quart though oh really maybe I misread it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well We'll try. Half. I think it was like paint or something like that. Oh, like maybe, maybe that's what this. Graham, are uh, you dyslexic too? You getting your teeth yeah. and cheese fucked up? Well, it's one <laughs> unit of something. Uh, oh yeah. my god! Well, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a quart. A quart would make sense because that's half the cap or capacity of a normal two thirty one. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a huge space, um, so I can see maybe it is half quart. I'll have to look at the instructions again. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't really looked at them, but either way, I mean, other than that, it's been pretty decent. The only other thing that I've had go wrong with it, I think I was fixing it. 
and I think I've fixed it. I can't say for sure because I haven't driven it on the highway enough um, since I changed everything out to really know for sure. Is the it would pop out of gear on me in high range, uh, two wheel drive, going specifically. I think it was downhill. It would uh, it pop it in neutral when I was engine. You know, if I'm engine breaking downhill, I'm not on the gas, and okay. it just does. It, it would, um, you know, out of nowhere, you could almost, if you put your hand on the shifter, you could kind of feel it walk backwards, but then all of a sudden it would just pop into neutral, and then your only option is to stop to put it back in gear when you're going that fast. And So, yeah, if I would try uh, popping the cable loose on the box, driving it two-wheel drive, trying to reproduce that and see if it'll still do it without the cable hooked up to it, because sometimes it's a... Like See, the cable I, not, might not be perfectly adjusted or the detents are that's, not that's, tight enough. That's what I thought, but I, when I pulled it apart, I checked the detent, and it is buried in as far as it'll go. There's really not many... The adjustment is, is almost... It's basically non-existent, at least with the version that I have. It's actually... What I think causes part of the problem is the, the actual um, shift bracket that this whole thing rides on there's no detent for it to sit when it's actually in one position or another it doesn't cup the ball of the detent very well it kind of just is a it's a swoop motion from uh high range to low range and then the middle it's actually it's rounded so it shouldn't stick there but with enough force it's going to put itself there and i checked my cable and i, and I actually installed this thing um, without any floor in it. So I was able to stand in the middle of everything and make sure things were adjusted right, got the shifters where they needed to be. And I've double-checked those, and I don't I don't think those were causing my problems. At least not... Uh, there's no resistance on them one way or the other. I mean, there is, obviously, to change you know, the shift intervals, but I think it's a combination... Or I think it was, and I, like I said, I think I fixed it. At this point, it's muscle memory for me to just keep my hand on it the only thing I'd have to do to keep this thing uh, from popping out of gear was just put a tiny bit of resistance on it when you're on the highway. Never pops out. Um, But uh, I think part of my problem was worn out shift collar teeth and and just that detent's not ideal. And unfortunately, there's no way to take it apart with the way they put it all together in that case without destroying it, basically. Because I looked into that and about... I was debating trying to cut a groove to actually seat it better, and I couldn't, so. Uh, but yeah, that's that's just, that's probably the final vent I'll ever do about the EcoBox. Uh, I call bullshit. Yeah. I don't Why, know. are you swapping it out? I'm not, oh, no, I'm not swapping no it. It's working good now, and I doesn't see as many highway miles as it used to, so it's, it, it is what it is, but. I was, it doesn't pop out of uh, low range at all, though? Nope. Okay. Probably because it has enough pressure to hold it in. Well, I, I don't know. It was just weird. I have a feeling it's... Um, the, the, it started doing it after I drove uh, to North Carolina, which was 700 miles one way, like nonstop in some pretty good heat. I wonder if the fluid overheated or if it was draining because of this whole uh, overflow deal I've dealt with. And if that's, uh, you know, 
It just caused it to wear those teeth just a little bit to put pressure to push it out. I don't know. That's just... I've I've talked to a few people about it, and uh, yeah, that's just weird. I don't know. The Titan box seems like a... Uh, the Titan box or the black box, I'm almost wishing I had just done that, because then I feel like I might not have to deal with it, but at the same time, I don't know. Uh, if I yeah, I haven't, I haven't had to personally mess with the eco box too much, um, aside from just installing one, but I haven't had to really go through one or troubleshoot one. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a... We can move on from it now. That's <laughs> I just I, I figured I'd bring it up, because I know, uh, you know, the 205 stuff, Titan Buck stuff, sometimes people have little little tidbits on those that they uh, just have no other reason to share. So, um, I mean, I w- like I said, I would start with the cable um, completely off of it, disconnected. Um, my my concern with repeat. that is the only way for me to test it is on the highway, so then I'd have to wait for the thing to pop out of gear while I'm on the highway, hope I'm in a spot where I can pull to the side, and then, then I have to crawl under the thing and Put it back in gear while it's in neutral, so I have to be in like a, you know, I can't, I don't have an e-brake because it's, you know, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, right. Uh, right. Yeah, so yeah. then I'm I'm screwed uh, <laughs> until I find a very flat spot or I find somebody to hold my brake. Uh, That's so, a fair concern. Well, right. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, you don't. You guy. I forgot. You don't have hills in in Florida. It might be easier for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I forget you're in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, and, <laughs> and this was a whole conversation. I think you made a big deal about Cody in the first one, but then I was like, "Yeah, but you're talking all this shit, and we're in Massachusetts, which is like, I don't know. I don't think of Massachusetts as the rock crawling central of the world, Cody. Uh, I mean, we have granite, oh, but, but I mean, Florida's got like mud and gators and hurricanes. Like that's all I know for. So I don't know. There's got to be maybe you I'm just stupid. You put tire on a gator's head. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was that? <laughs> You're running over gators now, apparently. I, yeah. I how many can you, how you, you put fire gators' head? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't done that. Well, you haven't lived then. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of, how did the last hurricane treat you? I know that's oh. not really off-road related, but... We, we were fine. I'm in northeast Florida, so we're usually pretty decent here. Uh, that's good to hear. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. We all just we, <laughs> we jumped in on that at the same time. Um, What else do I got here? How the hell do you find silver body panels? I cannot, for the life... Do you just, like, buy a full silver Cherokee and just take all of them, like, every couple mm. years? I've done that twice so far. Um, I I haven't been able to find one recently. Okay, but I'm not that's alone. what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I can't find anybody with a silver Cherokee around us, and we like things rust out here. Like there should be more rotted Cherokees that people are willing to just sell parts off for relatively. Yeah, no, it's cheap, all right? the green ones over here. That seems like what we always get. Oh, I hate the the, green uh, ones. the forest green. But yeah, everybody who's got a silver one thinks they're like made of gold and they want like two hundred dollars for the hatch. I'm like, no, I'm not paying that. Two hundred bucks for the hatch? Yes, I got. I like was trying to work with the dude and buy all the panels for a reasonable price, and he was like, no, I want uh, two hundred dollars for the hatch alone. Was basically like what I was getting because uh, 
<laughs> I haven't had a silver hatch in my Jeep since I blew it out right after I put the the cage in mine uh, and had the harnesses, and I just wasn't used to looking out the the reverse or the rear view mirror to actually see, you know, the depth and gauge that. So I just blew the hatch out like first obstacle, and since then I've had a gross orange or gross green hatch, and now I've got the and that thing wouldn't die and still won't die. It's sitting uh, behind the shop looking at me. Yeah, just now waiting. you got an ugly ass orange one. Yeah, and that orange one, which is, I mean, it's still ugly, but it's orange, so it's kind of cool. I'm surprised it didn't <laughs> blow out yet, but uh, <laughs> it's hanging on. Um, there was a few times that good evening that it looked like you got close. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. I've always, I've always loved how you keep your Jeep clean and i know you have basically a full interior in the thing too right yeah yeah, yeah it's no. got all the seats and everything yeah that's the one thing i wish i had set my cage up a l- i don't know my rear seats were okay but the the cage kind of made them unusable so uh that and an unfortunate gear oil accident i think uh finally Ooh. made me rip it out but uh, spilled I, some gear oil uh, just just a lot um you know, it was or it, it was it was a a good bit um and i guess i could have cleaned it out but it spent more nah, time folded up it was it spent more time folded up and then it was getting like just covered in junk cuz i'd usually just throw the tools in the back so uh i got to change that whole rear end up but i always liked and i actually really i didn't realize you had i guess it makes sense that you have ac cuz you're in florida um, still in there. Because, yeah. Oh, you had? You don't have it anymore? Uh, I don't have it with the LS. Oh, shoot. Can you not like uh, retrofit it? Is that something you'd, you'd consider? I probably could, but I honestly didn't run it that much even when I had it. Fair. Oh. So I wasn't worth it. Yeah, I, I spent all this time uh, with mine keeping the AC and I charged it and blew the seals out by accident and I just haven't changed the seals and I haven't charged it but it should work um and some someday <laughs> but I, I always enjoyed that about your rig is it's uh you you, you keep it semi-presentable I mean how long have you had that thing it's been a while uh, I think I got it in 2014 is when I built it okay yeah so it's like wow that's eight years yeah. Is my math right? So I think that. I had a shipbox ZJ back in twenty fourteen. Terrible. Yeah, and that's <laughs> gone now, see? <laughs> but, <laughs> There's a reason for it. <laughs> so I know you said you don't you don't spend as much time on the road as you used to with it, but I mean, do you still think you keep maintenance are you maintenancing about the same on the thing to keep it like it is or all right. I mean, I try to. There's really, honestly, not that much to maintain. I mean, as the axles are pretty solid, the drivetrain stays pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, main maintenance for me is really just kind of cleaning up rust and kicking out dents and replacing windows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you doing a uh, maintenance? Are you doing like a what do they call them? Um, like poly windows in the spots where they usually break, or are you sticking to glass? Uh, the doors will always get glass for me. Um, I've already replaced the hatch one with the uh, Lexan and 
I'm going to replace the two rear ones with Lexan when I break the driver's side. I, I got to do the passenger side still, but yeah, I'm, I'm done cleaning up glass in the back of this Jeep because those are the first windows to break every time. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm shocked I haven't blown mine out. Um, that's actually a good I'm, point. You have massive <laughs> ones, and I don't think I've ever seen you blowing up. I know you've blown the rear hatch. You spent a lot of time talking about that last episode, last episode. But yeah. um, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Um, I think I got lucky a lot of the time because I've seen them bent in quite a bit. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be pulling those and pulling the doors very soon. Oh, that sounds like that X-J will definitely survive. Zero. I mean, granted, windows don't give much support, but still. I mean, and if I put in a double B like I want to with door bars, I think that that will definitely help with keeping it alive, no? Mm, I remember when you used to say double Bs weren't worth it, so I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think double Bs are worth it to a point, but I'm also at a point now where the pillar itself is cracking. Does it run? Have you Have you fixed your fuel cell? I really, really don't want to. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got a, I've got a zinger here. Uh, uh, I forget who said it. Um, uh, oh, I don't actually have. I I have it here. I sa it says you're not gonna wheel. Uh, truest statement of the podcast. Uh, I don't know if that was Cody to Luke or Luke to Cody. I think it was Cody to Luke. Uh, and it's yeah, it's peach. only partially true. <laughs> but. <laughs> that stupid fuel cell has denied you every trip this year. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little depressing that. listening to the old episode and the new one and all your plans uh, just ruined by a fuel cell. <laughs> what happens when you're gay? Yeah, he's probably spent thousands on, <laughs> on just replacement fuel cells for that stupid, or fuel pumps for that thing to keep it happy. Um, Speak speaking of cells, what are you running in yours, Nick? I don't know if we talked about this in the <clears> last one. It's a 15-gallon RCI. What do you oh, use for a okay. pump? Uh, well, I guess it's the so it's now, a, but It's a factory uh, XJ sending unit, that whole plastic setup through mm -hmm. the top. And um, I've got a... It's a late-model GM E85 pump. Um, okay. I, I, it's off some 2,500... So like truckers from mid teens, or is it like specific E eighty five? It's a flex fuel pump. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, but it's got the volume to support six seven hundred horsepower. Hell yeah, that's fucking cool. Are you getting six seven hundred horsepower? Do you added the um, old engine before it blew up, or is that just for no like, no? The, yeah, the old engine probably did four fifty four seventy five at the crank, so it was nowhere near. That um, the new engine's got a little more power. Um, uh, I, it'll probably get some sort of force induction in the future when I get the transmission Maybe. issues figured out. <laughs> probably a good call. Yeah. So you haven't learned from all the idiots of the internet saying leave your LS stock and it'll last forever. You're just like, nah, fuck that <clears throat> power. Is your well, I left the I left the bearing stock in the last one, and they <laughs> all grenaded. <laughs> Dude, I was so upset when I saw that. Like, <laughs> it's so I hate that it's true, but everybody who does one, it does like th two, two or three at least, until they get it right. And I, I just 
it makes me not want to do it more and more. Uh, and then I listened to the whole broker conversation uh, from 64, and now I'm like, yeah, I'm probably just going to keep the stock 4.0. Uh, I, I can I can break plenty with that. Yeah, man, they're reliable, and you know, I don't give a shit what anybody says. LSs are not cheap to build. Mm. Uh, everything on them is a lot of money, as I've found out. <laughs> but, Makes yeah. sense. Uh, if I want to go into third gear, I can just put it in double low, and then I can have enough power for third gear. <laughs> because I, I was kind of, uh, you know, I didn't realize how much of a difference the stroker actually seemed to make based on what you were describing. Because yeah, I can't, I can't touch second or third gear in single low. I've got to be in double low. So hearing that was actually kind of neat. Like it, there actually might be uh, some merit in. And maybe looking into one of those in the future. I do like oh, reliability. I don't. I don't. It was noticeable for sure. Yeah. Um, I this whole conversation just hurts though because I can break a four liter. No, I don't want to hear it. You can break us. You can probably break an LS easier. <laughs> you probably can destroy one of those so much faster, especially. Just don't rev the shit out of them. The thing that I think I've gathered is that um, from talking to Dee Dee and the Praetors, um, Dee Dee, yeah, Dwight, Dee Dee. Uh, sorry, I I didn't know you had cute nicknames for each other. Now, uh, <laughs> no, that's just what fucking Casey and John call them. So it's kind of rubbed uh, off because it's his yeah. it's his so Instagram name, name drop is Dee Dee something. I gotcha. Um. But basically, their thing is, set the rev limiter, if you're going to go higher, don't go to the moon, because that's been what's really hurt a couple of the other motors, and <laughs> don't run, um, I forget what, it was one of the Holly systems, I don't think it was the Terminator, I think it was the one that like uh, doesn't plug into the factory sensors, you have to rewire basically the whole motor for it, because it only has one side O2, so the other side can be detonating, and you won't know. Yeah. Sounds exciting. And then, yeah, those those Holly. Do you what do you run for a control on yours, Nick? Um, it's the factory GMPCM, and I use HP tuners. Gotcha. Okay, because I've heard, and I, I actually Casey uh, does too. Because he runs HP tuners in his. Yeah, the I I know some of the Holly systems are hit or miss. Um, I know. Timmy Clark's buggy has had issues, and I don't know if they. I, I imagine he's solved it by now, but he's he's gone through multiple Holly computers, uh, and it's just I don't know if there's. Again, I don't know. Have enough backstory on that? Maybe we, you know, grill him about what's going on with his Holly computers. But uh, he he blew one up. The computer just died. Like I don't know where. And then last I saw him at Fall Crawl this year, it was same story. Computer just wouldn't wouldn't fire or wouldn't wouldn't do anything so uh i don't i don't know and then i've got i've got holly efi on my little jeep truck thing and it's it's great until i have to unplug the idle air control valve cuz it doesn't know what the hell it's reading off of its o2 sensor which is all my fault but like it's just fiddly like it shouldn't i feel like for how much you're spending on some of those systems like to have them fail like that kind of sucks and I'm, I'm sure well, you, also, you can get a remand. You're or... running, 
and are these people who are complaining about them getting them tuned or are they just running them off the holly auto like, i mean i i, I assume tim's running his based on uh you know what holly recommends i know he's from what he was saying he's talking to a guy and um i'm pretty sure he had somebody tune it but it was it was I mean, it was a hardware failure. It wasn't a tune problem, right? It was, it's, it's the actual box itself wasn't great, but I know that the, this is sort of going off track that the single side hetero two thing is, is stupid. I agree. Um, I'd rather stick with the factory computer. I think if I was yeah. going to do something like that and just Same here. On that it makes more sense. Yeah. I think that was what, when we were talking with Bart, about it um that was what he ended up doing in the end and that motor is still living a relatively happy life and he's not kind to it <laughs> so do you got any big plans for next year for wheeling nick uh i definitely want to get up to kentucky a little bit i hit harlan up hopefully maybe somewhere around the beginning of the year um I I won't have much time off until then, <clears throat> but yeah, I want to get up into Kentucky and do a little wheel and get back down in Tennessee and catch a couple spots. Try to get a lot more often now. Yeah, if you're going to be in um, AOP's area, definitely let me know. I'm not super thrilled about Harlan. Uh, I prefer AOP, but if you're going to be around, definitely let me know. We just had a oh, bad yeah. experience uh, at Harlan. Sorry. Oh, it's uh, my. <sighs> Sorry, Nick. I'll let you go. If you no, no, no. I was uh, curious what your experience at Harlem was. Uh, well, that's where I I grenaded the fifty after. I won't say it was a fresh rebuild, but it was a quick rebuild. I grenaded the fifty. Uh, it was pouring rain um, as soon as we got there, so the conditions weren't ideal uh, for the first half. You of guys the trip. also totaled a truck the first before you even got there oh, well, yeah. so your your spirits were already it wasn't totaled it still drove it. it just it's just cosmetic damage but yeah and there was just a lot going on uh at the beginning of that trip and then in the first day that just sort of soured uh a lot of our perspectives on it um i don't think it's anything with anything wrong with the park itself it was just a lot of unfortunate events all happening at once like uh curtis and um Jason, once once my shit was broken, I sort of just, you know, I hung around with them. Luke, I think that was before you broke, because you actually broke when we were going to Lion's Den. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it just sucks. My, my issue with the park has nothing to do with any of that. Um, I prefer abusement parks. So, like, I would rather be closer to the trailer or closer well, to... Well, you say that because your rig is barely running every time we bring up brought it out this year. I think if you had if a Luke fuel pump... doesn't like adventures. If his fuel pump well, actually worked, I think he'd have a different tune. <laughs> Sorry, Luke, but it's true. I mean, you can... I'm not going to disagree there, but I do also kind of, like, enjoy... Um, See, you know, I don't think Harlan... I mean, I've never been to Windrock yet, so I cannot confirm or deny if it's the same or different uh nick you may be able to uh jump in here um harlan didn't seem like it was too crazy i mean yeah once we when we first started we didn't know where any of the trails were it was kind of like okay we've been driving for half an hour and haven't seen an actual rock 
Um, but once you know where things are, I don't think it was. It's not too too bad. Yeah, I mean there there's a couple good rock trails at Arlen, um, especially if it's wet. You'll you'll be struggling a good bit. Um, but I mean I, I can see what you're talking about. If you don't like driving too much to get to the trails, you'll hate Windrock. Yeah, because Windrock is like, nothing but. <laughs> I like going to a spot and having the event be the obstacles, not having the event or event be the ride to get to the obstacles, and then. But you okay? Okay, hold on. You say that, but then you complained about Good Evening Ranch. You not being able to open up your Jeep, going from obstacle to obstacle. So now I'm conflicted, okay? He doesn't know what he wants to do. What do you want, Luke? (laughs) (laughs) You you can't open the Jeep up at Harlan either. Yeah, you can. What are you talking about? On a lot of the access trails where you're like hanging on the edge of the mountain. Yeah, you you, you can't go bombing on the the ridge of the mountains, but I mean, there's plenty of of opportunity. The side-by-side guys are flying up and down those hills the whole time. Yeah, if your yeah. suspension's pretty well dialed in, Windrock's a blast because you can you can haul ass around some of those connecting trails and all those trailheads. You have to give that a shot then. Um, my <laughs> suspension's fucking to me. I really like it. Cody probably disagrees because of his kidneys, but it's terrible, it's terrible. The rear's great. The front fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the front fuck. I mean, it's. Don't worry about it. Never mind. Mine, mine's the total opposite, <laughs> right? I don't know. It's it's those. Stupid it's just no. There's it's the bumps up front because I want to say, oh, it's the up travel in the front. No, it's just he has hard bumps up front and he abuses the shit out of them, and you feel it the whole goddamn time. Uh, if he time. had air he bumps, knows. there'd be nothing left. <laughs> oh yeah, they'd be gone. Which is you know, they'd be hammered. Fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think your suspension in the rear works great. I mean, I think. To be fair, down travel wise, I think your suspension does absolutely fantastic, Luke, and all general appeal. Up travel though, going over bumps, I'd rather ride a razor scooter. I mean, at least my knees could take a little bit of that. Yeah. I'd rather go fifty over the bumps at Roush than go fucking five over them now. You start floating a little. That's fair. Uh, that's fair, but, but yeah. Neither uh, here. Nor anyways, there. back to what you're talking about at Harlan. Um, I I don't know. Like, you sound conflicted, my man. One second you want to go fast and drive fast, next second you just want to crawl. What what's the uh what's the word? Well, he just hasn't really wheeled in in or wheeled for more than I should say like a half a day. No, I've gotten full days in a couple times. Um, times. Yeah, well, no, there was the the AOP trips with Trail Trash were full days. 53.13 was a full day. Um, It's it's been hit or miss based on whether or not I break the pump. And I will absolutely say that I do like being able to open my Jeep up. But I also like having the obstacles somewhat close together if, like, to me, Harlan, and my experiences with Harlan was not a spot that I would want to open the Jeep up, except for a few specific areas, unlike Roush, where I can bomb the greens all day going to the blacks and the reds. 
That's fair. So what else about Harlan did you guys not enjoy? I did not enjoy any of it. The only part I didn't enjoy was uh, blowing my ring and pinion, my, my fresh gear set ring and pinion that, you know, uh, was my fault. Still mad it broke. Uh, and then um, just not having any front drive, uh, going down that sketchy-ass hill, and then having basically one-wheel drive to go down the whole rest of it uh, was not ideal, but... So your answer to Nick on why you don't like Harlan is because you broke something it's mechanically? It's because I, that... I suck, yeah. Okay, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to... You <laughs> it's know, not that I, I, I never here. said I don't... Did I say I don't like Harlan? I don't know. I'll have to listen to it. But it's not that um, I don't like Harlan. Yeah, it's just... Uh, we... We didn't have the greatest luck, which I did say already, uh, which is sort of just where my reservations are. I think I would enjoy it much more if it was a little drier like when we went to AOP and it was like pure attraction the whole day and it was actually kind of boring um well we also did all the boring trails oh true fair. yeah i mean that that this is also I've, true but i've never wheeled AOP in the dry um it's <laughs> it was, always it was pouring rain <laughs> it was dry as a bone like <laughs> there was it was actually kind of nice cuz that was the first time i'd uh, ever done anything in my jeep since i uh rebuilt the whole front i literally slapped it on a trailer i think at five in the morning uh mm -hmm. after finishing it and then we were on our way to tennessee so uh it it worked out it was a great like not super intense way to break it in and figure out what was good and what wasn't good fortunately everything for the most part was pretty good uh everything that mattered yeah. at least so when I went back to AOP, right, with Trail Trash, we ran the same set of trails, and it was a totally different story because it had rained the day before, and they were ridiculous. It was like second gear clutch dumping to go anywhere. We just, that weekend happened to fall on like a magical fucking set of conditions. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, weird. Yeah, I think Dwight's rolled in that area that we just, like, walked right up um multiple times well i mean i could see it i guess if it's really slick and you're just playing ignorant it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it uh so i got i got a couple more things from just from the previous one that i want to bring up uh you're breaking 14 bolt shafts now did I get this right? You were breaking 14-bolt shafts with the 37s on the... No, because that had... Um, that didn't have one-tons. So... Hmm? You were breaking 14-bolt shafts with... With what size tire? Uh, what the, the first one was a 40-inch MTR, and I actually broke it at Harlan. Um, it, it, the it, second it, was... What's that? No, sorry, keep going. Uh, the second one was a... A chromo shaft that I I broke on a man-made obstacle course down in Ocala on some 40-inch nittos. Yeah. But, I mean, like I've I've heard of 14 bolts shafts breaking, obviously, but uh, okay, well, that, that clarifies it. I, for some reason, in the conversation, it sounded like you were had broken 14 bolt shafts in your either your other Jeep or in an earlier setup or something when it was on on smaller tires. I was like, damn. Uh, but that makes more sense. And I didn't realize RCV makes a rear, like 14 yeah. bolt shafts. That's I thought they were, you know, 
more for the CV style stuff, but I guess that makes sense if they can do that. Yeah, those have been great. Fronts and the backs. Yeah, do you think those were worth the money? Have you, um, I mean, obviously they're, they're a good chunk of change, but you don't have any more fuse there, right? Yeah, I, in my opinion, I think they're worth the money because um, I haven't had to open that 14 bolt up in since I think 2016, 2017. <laughs> when I threw them in there and uh, they've been great so I broke the Yukons two or three months into having them and I broke the stock shafts you know first big trip on 40s no is it like a I don't know if I don't think you guys actually like dove into what axles you have in that thing um, <clears throat> is it like an older 14 bolt newer 14 bolt what's what it's, year is- it's like a mid 80s 14 bolt um, I don't know the exact year. I bought it already pulled from a vehicle. Gotcha. And do you know of any, like, of which 14 bolts are desirable? If there is, does it matter? I know the newer ones with the ribs, I think, are technically stronger. I could be totally wrong, but... Yeah, the housing's supposed to be stronger on those. And I, I think, like, a two-year spread, you could get factory disc brakes on them. Mm. Um, but the housing hasn't really been an issue for me yet. Um and I just put the rough stuff disc brakes on. But, I mean, I, I think you're safe with almost any 14-bolt because the stock shafts out of the box are pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're and all everything all, else about them pretty badass. We're all about a bunch of Ford 10.5 or Sterling 10.5, whatever you want to call them. Uh, well, that's easier to do because you can get a matching front axle. And that yeah, front axle is badass. And, and you have matching brakes, or, or you have disc brakes that are not well done uh they're the only downside is right. the factory spot sucks but um i've been swapping you can actually just rotate them up uh yeah. i'm still like playing around with with that you can take the factory bracket and rotate them 90 degrees up uh and have everything still work correctly and and uh with minimal effort so uh i don't know i've toyed with the idea of taking but obviously it's not it's not as strong as a 14 bolt technically. It'd be kind of cool to take the the 10.5 or 10 and a quarter brakes and throw them on a 10 on a 14 bolt because I do like the brakes. I mean, and honestly, if you got a 10.5 and it's holding up, man, I, those are plenty. Yeah, I and mean, you can I, do- like I said, I wasn't I wasn't planning on swapping it, but if I ever had to do anything in the back, which will happen eventually, I do have a 14 bolt just sitting there. Like I don't know, I got to regear the 10.5 anyways. It's uh, it's the gear set isn't bad, but I ran it low on fluid, uh, for 1400 miles at the very least. And it's uh, a little pitted. It probably will go, but I'm not touching it till it does. Um, yeah, I'd keep it unless you're breaking ring and pinions. Yeah. Cause there's a few things that are better on the 10 five that the 14 bolt just doesn't have, but you know, yeah. What do you, it just, there we there we go. There's a question there. What do you think is better on the 105 versus the 14 bolt? Since you have a 14 uh, the the tubes are better. Um, a lot of the 14 bolts they're inconsistent in the tube thickness. Hmm. Um, the axle shaft ceiling is better. Um, th- the way it seals the actual hub. Oh, that's is yeah, yeah, because secure. it's a it's a O-ring. It's not a yeah. Hmm. Yeah, which is. Pretty nice, and you could shave them too, just like the fourteen bolt. So I mean, that's the one huge advantage the fourteen bolt used to have is you could only shave them. But 
now that you can do it with the Sterlings, I mean, there's you can go either way and you'll be fine. Same size ring and pinion, or same size ring gear. Same, pretty much damn near exact axle shaft size, unless you got a new, new 10.5, which I think you can get like 37 spline factory axles in those. Damn. Oh, shit. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the new stuff's pretty wild. I don't know. Like I said, I'd, I wouldn't... I guess that's a good point. You got all the modern stuff on a on a on a ten five. I I feel like all the fourteen bolts people run are the old school ones. Old, yeah. yeah. You don't see a lot of new hmm. ones, and I've never seen other than uh, I didn't even know they made the two years of disc brakes on the fourteen. What bolts, axle was but... it that replaced them that had the discs? The AAM? replaced. Yeah, the AAMs. Um, you can get like a newer. They call it like a 14 bolt AAM, but it's nothing like <laughs> the old 14 bolts. Hmm. And it's huge and it's fucking weird. And some people run them though. I just yeah. like my current Starling because it's cheap, easy, and worked. And the axle itself has never given me any major issues. Um, the only thing I'm starting to run into is I'm starting to grind the bottom of the diff housing pretty good, and it's starting to cause the diff cover to leak. Oh, but... that happened. That's like just par for the course, dude. <laughs> Unless you got a loop blocker or something. Um, even then, I don't know. I've never run one, but I feel like, like that might solve the problem for a little bit. But every time I'm done with a trip, I have to reseal the diffs or just let it drip in the driveway. That's obnoxious, even up front. Yep. Front's brand new and it leaks like a sieve. Uh, I'm already almost through a rough stuff cover, um, like where the bottom of it is. It keeps fucking wearing the bolt heads out, and it's wearing the bolt heads into the diff cover in a really fucking weird way. <laughs> and I'm kind of getting pissed about it because it's like, I know what's causing it, I know what the fix is, but it's shoving the washer into the hole. So, like, I'm going to have to take it off, countersink it for those bottom bolts, and then reassemble it. Well, that sounds fucking annoying. Mm. Yeah, it is what it is, right? Like, par for the course. Nah, Dana 30 front, dude. 44 <laughs> rear, call it a day. Nimble. Simplistic. You, wanna, you got some, I got some 37 stickies. Throw those on there. Uh, get you some Snap RCVs. All the no, no, no. That's what you get RCVs <laughs> for. I don't know if they warranty a 37 sticky on a 30 with that. I, no, they might. <laughs> Probably um, not. Probably no, then you'd not. Be like a, you'd be like a spider, right? Little twiggy legs, but <laughs> all that clear. Zero rear flex, but a spider. <laughs> <laughs> like a well, we can, we can fix spider. the rear flex. We can fix that. That's just a bad shackle geometry for shackle, you. Shackle, yeah. Yeah, or you could just put a suck down and force it to uh, compress. That's what all the cool people rear do. Rear suck? Yeah, rear suck. Uh, no, no, I think I'm good. Yeah, no, I think I'm good on that one. <laughs> oh, I thought that's you liked uh... suck down winches. Oh, that's a good yeah, question. On the front. Nick, do you have a suck down winch on your rig? Have you ever thought I... you needed one? I, I have it. Um, I've used it. It, it I, It's my regular winch that I built a, a mount on the axle with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I like them. On the really steep yeah. stuff, they come in handy. All yeah, I'm going to say okay. is the, you know, Jesse Haynes, I don't know, he's like some, I don't know, some random dude on the internet. 
when he builds his ultimate buggy cars or whatever they fucking and we rock, they have suck downs. <laughs> the guy who builds chassis for certain suspensions has suck downs. I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid, but like, <laughs> I don't know if you listened or have listened to some of the recent ones, but uh, yeah. <laughs> suck down winches are a are a big debate right now. <laughs> uh, you know, as far as whether you need them or not, or if uh, it's just a band aid for improper uh, link geometry. So, uh, <laughs> uh, just good to get input. Um, I what think. Sorry. No, what were you going to say, Luke? That's fine. I think it's just kind of becoming a fucking meme at this point. It doesn't oh, it actually is. matter. I, I is there any merit to having one or not having one? No. It's just fun to make fun of. Yeah. <laughs> Suck down winches? I don't know. One or the other. Um. So, what do you run? I'm, I know you have a, a very flat belly on your rig. That's something you talked about pretty heavily on the previous episode. Um, uh, about the compromises as far as, you know, that, uh, your right foot and the driver's side being a little cramped because of drive shaft clearances. Also, I definitely mm -hmm. want to get more info on your front 1480 drive shaft thing. Uh, okay. I want to see pictures of that or something at the very least. Cause that's just sounds wild. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Um, I, I got it out now, so I'll, I'll, I'll take some pictures and send them to you. Sweet. Because uh, that seems cool. Uh, the biggest thing, I don't know why I'm dealing with it on mine, is I actually bottomed my double carden joint on my current front drive shaft out before the rest of the suspension is even... Uh, it's probably got another inch and a half before it's ready f to bind anything else up. So that's kind of a, uh, annoying. But Yeah, that, that was my problem. And, and that, that 1480 thing solved it uh, it's got a shit ton of travel okay uh it's got more than i need send me pictures of that i'm definitely curious um because yeah. i know you, you talked about that in the other one but i, I just don't know do you, you literally just weld the 1480s to each end or how does that so it's a stock like a dana 60 dana 50 stub shaft mm -hmm. um well actually the, the whole axle shafts really Yep. Um, and um, I have a flange I welded to one side, and then the tube actually goes over, like uh, the differential side of the extra stuff, and welds that, and that's the actual drive shaft tube. So the 1480 is right there, and pivots, and um, it's just really a a Dana 60 front whole axle shaft assembly shoved into a drive shaft tube welded up and balanced as well as you can do it. And is and it, it a, you don't have a double card and it's just a no single 1480 okay, and it's okay. got more travel than my 1350 double card and, and all that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I think I can probably get away with that too, because my 60 right now sits pretty flat and I don't believe it's moving too much. I'd have to check, I'd have to flex it out, but that might work. Perfectly. Yeah, and it, and it's strong. I mean, cause you gotta think it's meant to be, after the gear reduction of the differential gears, so it it handles a ton of torque. So having it at the transfer case should make it even more strong. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Okay, I'm definitely pumped for that because that would fix something that's kind of been a problem since I did the whole swap. Um, there was another thing I was trying to bring what up. What are you but I totally referring to? The uh, blowing the drive shafts up. 
No, I don't even care. The rear was... I don't know. That's, that was my fault. That was just ignorance, but... Uh, the front has... I've got 14 inches of theoretical travel. Um, I end up bottoming out, and my limit straps right now are set up to bottom out um, at, like, 12, because I can't go the rest of the way without binding that U-joint. Um, so that that's where I'm at with... Um, you know, as far as front droop, I can go more. I just, the drive shaft can't handle it. So it's limit strapped way up. Uh, the rear is, um, because, uh, I don't know. I was watching that video and I don't know. I still don't know if it was the drive shaft that went first or the traction bar. Um, it sounds like you could hear the drive shaft go and then the traction bar just like fall off. Uh, but you can't see mm. the drive shaft. It's hard to say. Um, third gear, low, low with a regular tired 4.0, and it still destroyed my... <laughs> not the weekend, but destroyed my drive shaft, and now I've got to do the traction bar again. All the more reason to just uh, not deal with leaf springs. I'm but they sure ride pretty point. nice when they... Uh, when yeah, they do ride nice. ...working correctly. I fixed every... Like, I was scared I wasn't going to be able to get that shackle angle working right. Um, but it, I did compromise a little bit cause those shackles hang off and I refused to cut that bumper, but, um, it rides pretty good. It only, it doesn't smack. I, I've never heard it smack. You can't feel it. Uh, it does touch at the very end of the arc, but at that point it's already in, I just have to bump stop it accordingly now cause it already is in the wheel well, like rubbing that tube. So by the time it's actually there, that's when the shackles hitting, it's never, under any crazy um it's not going up fast to that point like it was previously it was way worse before um mm. what the hell was i thinking of? i was trying to think of there was something um mm, 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 mm. oh front axle what year is your front axle was we kind of 92 f350 okay so is that the is that a kingpin or is that a ball joint ball it's joint? ball joint Okay, so you got a ball joint 60 before the Super Duty stuff. Right. No, they're good axles. Yeah. Do you have, do you get like, uh, you're probably running slugs at this point, right? No, I run the Yukon Hardcore Hubs. Oh, that's right. You can actually get those. Uh, they, yeah. They just don't make the, oh, if they made some, do they make them for the 04 now? Yeah, it's okay. the same hub. Gotcha. The 05 and up, though, they don't. Yeah, but at that point, you just go to a, drive slug. Although it'd be cool if they made one, because I'd like to have the option. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but they don't. I don't know. I, I The f worn hubs, I will say, I was skeptical, and they're incredibly expensive. It's ridiculous. I did not expect it to go right. I was paying maybe 150, 200 bucks for a set of hubs on the 04 uh, 99.04.50 axle but i was paying like 400 for the at least 400 or more for the 05 plus stuff which i did not expect because it's not any different it's basically i mean it's a very different style but the actual the material cost did not warrant the cost of the hubs and uh fortunately they haven't broken and i've beat on it pretty good so i'm it's definitely a better design but I'd still like it better if it 
was a little stronger. All the pieces felt kind of flimsy. I think that my next move is just going to be slugs at this point. Um, for that reason, it yeah. makes. I mean, I, I, it makes sense. Like, I know the Yukons are pretty expensive. Uh, the hardcore hubs are pretty expensive, but it makes sense because they're they're strong, and I'm pretty sure they lock closed, right? Uh, if the selector mechanism fails, it defaults into a locked position. It basically turns itself into a slug. Gotcha. Yeah, that's like, cool. That really that's cool. that's nice to have because right now, right, Luke, if you blow a hub, and yep. me as well, I guess, if we blow a hub, you're, you know, you're now three wheel drive. You you you're not. You got to fix it. Otherwise, you're just gonna. You're not gonna have the same uh, strength, right? Or not strength, but you're one of the same capability like you you just lose one wheel mm -hmm. and everybody knows how helpless the cherokee feels with without all four wheels spinning um it's, it's so much worse too if you like having an open differential is one thing but having like a single side power differential is yeah. so much worse yeah it just feels like dead weight yeah but even even like the slugs what are the what do the drive slugs go for nowadays luke have you looked at them um, give me one second. I, I mean, I know that's like machine metal, but like it's still kind of a ridiculous price. That's because metal is also at a now, ridiculous but... price, to be honest with uh, you. Yeah, yeah like 250 300 bucks for a set of Dana 60 slugs. Um, that's not terrible, in so all honesty. I'm looking at the 35 spline upgrade kit right now, and it's 600 bucks with stubs for the 04 9904 stuff. Yeah, with a okay. uh, set of U joints too. Doesn't Brannick make those insane um, O five um, plus big spline slugs? Stuff. <laughs> they're they're insane. The <laughs> the spline or the the stub shaft splines into the um, the actual slug <laughs> directly. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, those are the way to go. Yeah, those are big. <laughs> I do like never 15, a problem. I do like the 1550s too. I uh, uh, I don't even have good joints in them yet. I'm waiting for one to blow, uh, just to see what it takes. And I've got like greasable. I think they're spicers, but right, it's just a gre It's it's not even like a solid joint. It's a greasable 1550, and they haven't blown up. Uh, That's I, pretty impressive. I haven't been nice to them, uh, and it's just it's all held together. I don't know. The O5 Plus is definitely. After after grabbing one, it was definitely worth it. Um, the O4 stuff you can get by with, uh, and the 50, I had other problems. Ironically, I never blew up. Uh, the The only parts I really ever blew up were the Dana 60 parts of the O4 Dana 50, or of the of that style, right? The until the ring and pinion started going, but that only started after I blew the carrier in half, which isn't a normal way for any of that shit to break. So, um, yeah, <laughs> just stupid. But yeah, I don't know if you ever heard. Uh, I don't know. They definitely didn't tell you that one, Nick. But the carrier, right? So it was a welded carrier. Uh, it had been like between the amount of jeeps. What is it like five, six years worth of wheeling, Luke? You think between Ducky and my jeep? Yeah, welded diff. It was like yeah, a, a solid amount of years of pretty good abuse, but only on like thirty sevens, like not crazy big axles. Um, and the carrier, when we were at Roush two years ago at this point, yep. one year ago, I don't know. Yeah, I guess two, uh, it, yep. it, it split in half, I think due to the, you know, just the, the 
it must have been welded in too hot. Not not blaming Luke or anything, but it was welded in hot. It probably had stress cracks, and it just slowly worked its way. It split the you know, the ring away from the actual body of the carrier, and um, just well, that thing also lived mess. a really fucking rough life. I know it was just a weird break. Like I figured, I when it when it broke, just the way it was acting. I don't even want to know what that thing was doing inside the case. It, the gears looked moderately okay, obviously unusable, but they weren't broken. That was the crazy part: is that the gear set was actually intact. It was the they were marred up, but the carrier is what was broken. Just strange. <clears throat> yeah, that yeah. was a very. It was probably affected a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? I don't know. I'm almost out of questions from the old one. We might have to ask you new questions here. Um, <laughs> All right. I'm letting you go on a roll. I know you have been. You guys haven't been. Uh, you get been slacking. Let's see one more thing. Um, the only other thing was the undergearing. I know you guys kind of talked about that um, with the four tens, <laughs> and yeah, it's night and day with uh just talk they were talking about and this was early on in the last episode it's kind of uh out of nowhere but um having four tens with your doubler did you do that with uh, your old jeep i i had four tens in the old jeep i didn't have a doubler in the old jeep oh okay yeah i'm probably not even worth bringing up but yeah under geared with a manual sucks uh basically uh, yeah. is what i got out of that um, and I, agree with that. <laughs> I did it for one trip and I was like, no, we're changing the gears. Uh, just then you're riding the clutch the entire time. And the Cody, I think you even said, you're like, yeah, I rode in Graham's Jeep, but it was, it, it was way more. Oh yeah. Right? Talking about like yeah. the first time that I ever rode in your Jeep. Yeah. Cause I had never experienced 538s at that time. And then riding in yours, I'm like, whoa, like he barely has to like ride the clutch on this thing. That's impressive. I still do because so, yeah, I pretty cool driving, experience. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay. So I guess what else have we got? You got any, any anything from you, Cody? You've been fairly quiet. You've been letting me do all the work. I've been, I've been quiet because like I don't know if my internet is like lagging behind. So like that's why I really haven't been talking because I didn't want to like accidentally interject on somebody. So I well, that's good. That's a good, you know, plus. Um, honestly, no, I'm just more like we've talked a lot about the past. I'm more kind of want to see what's it, what's the next future plans for the rig. I mean, I know that you're doing the manual swap, you're doing all that, and now you're making it so your wife definitely can't drive it. So what's next? You building her rig, or is she just stuck in the passenger seat? Uh, passenger seat for now. <clears throat> Maybe in the future I'll build something else to let them ride around in. But is usually when I go to the big trips, it's just me. Anyways. Is that something that she'd be interested in, or no? Is that not really her style? She more just uh, around. Interested because I would be going there, but as mm -hmm. far as like not interested enough that she would ever go do it herself, it'd always be mm -hmm. a two rig trip at that point. Mm. That'd be cool. Yeah, that oh, gets yeah. hard to do though. Well, I guess not if you buy a goose snack and all that. But no, still, even then, it's still uh, a pain, right? It's just more work, right? Yeah. Dragon. Unless I just. We take that Jeep instead, which, you know, if I take a Jeep underbuilt compared to mine, yeah. I'm going to regret it the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually... Or I'll okay. break it. Cody, you, you, I got 
it's it's sort of a spin-off but it, it it goes along with your theme here to the you know towards the future you talked a little bit in the past episode about um you know the Cher- not building another Cherokee in the future and i think uh, i agree with you but for different reasons you got into you know maybe building a and again you have your jeep and you like the jeep so you probably aren't thinking about it now but um like a building a tube chassis as the next thing if your jeep ever uh was no longer wheelable right you, do you think that's that's still your your stance like have you um like thought about gathering pieces to build a tube buggy uh if yeah um with prices of steel and everything probably not right now but like uh, i don't, I don't yeah know. um that's more of gonna be like a as the situation changes, if something happens where I completely destroy this thing and it's just not, doesn't make sense for me to repair it anymore, like a big roll or something like that, um, I would just start with a tube chassis. Um, just build off from there, take all my parts for the most part and swap it over to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, <laughs> that hatch repair that you did where it, it smashed that all in, I was impressed that you 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 fixed that fairly nicely, uh, just with the extensive amount of crumbling yeah. that was in there. That was <laughs> that was actually pretty fascinating to sort of watch that process because that was a nasty dent. Yeah, that one wasn't good. Um, so, yeah, yeah really. If I if I roll it hard enough and I tweak the body where I can't put doors on or you know the suspension's so far off anymore and it it just with the amount of steel welded to this chassis, it's be gigantic pain in the ass to straighten stuff out after that. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think you're probably right about the tube chassis next, though. Like that's just where I'm at with it. I'm <sighs> starting to See, draw the plans. And and this is where I I like almost disagree because you mentioned uh, not in you, you know having constraints around you know, a, a factory body. I kind of like that. I mean, I agree. I wouldn't build another Cherokee cause I've, you know, I've, 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 I've done that. I've dealt with those constraints, but I almost feel like a tube chassis almost takes the fun out of it unless you're building. And this goes to another thing is, um, uh, that you, you mentioned about not liking what the Cherokee is, how compact things get to be. I think the buggies that are the coolest are the ones where they jam all this functionality into, uh, you know, really tight tolerances and, um, you know, it's, it's just all very, very well thought out. Right. And I think it yeah. takes, it's the same amount. It, it's, it's, a, it's the same problem, just in a different package. If you have, if you're starting with a factory vehicle, obviously it's more annoying in some ways, but I don't necessarily think that starting with an existing platform is, a, is a bad thing. So. No, uh, it just, it depends on the goals, man. Um, yeah, some of the people I wheel with these days—they're all in buggies at this point, anyways. Um, yeah. So it's kind of there, there's definitely some noticeable issues I face trying to squeeze through some of the trails they squeeze through, and it yeah. it gets pretty top heavy too. Like I'll never be able to shave enough weight off this thing <clears throat> to where it's not top heavy. Um, you think it's just because the halo and whatnot, or no, it's because uh, just the cabs 
full interior. It's oh, got all those true. electric seats still. It's got carpet. It's got that full dash. Gotcha. All in doors. That's a good point. I mean, as far as performance goes, if you're looking for raw performance, you're right. Yeah, you'll never beat a purpose-built tube buggy. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with it. It's, yeah. It it keeps up just fine. It's just if I had to start over, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I would start with an existing chassis because I have my own plans for suspension geometry, which is just almost impossible to fit practically in a Cherokee body. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be done, but the sacrifices you make to fit it, it, it just... The yeah. geometry numbers don't end up right. Yeah, and you you mentioned that in the last last episode actually. You either cut the body up to the point where it doesn't really match the what it was before, right? It's basically a tube buggy with extra steps, or yeah. you're compromising on on your suspension and you know design there. So makes sense. You I, know, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think that's it, it. Cleared some things up for me as far as um, just parts of that old conversation so Luke I think uh, another point that I guess you guys kind of touched on in there is I'm personally I have a idea in my mind for what I want and I don't know how I can get there with my Jeep because of the weight and I think that in the long run, no matter what kind of a vehicle you really build off of, unless it's something like a Bronco 2, yeah, that was an Easter egg for you, asshole, um, that it's very hard to find something small enough or light enough to get to the weight that I want to hit. I want to be at sub 4K with a V8 and tons. Well, yeah, uh, you got to start with nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start with feathers and, uh, you know. 4K? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that blows my mind, especially for the fact of, I'm going to bring it back to the Jesse Haynes uh, chassis. Like, a lot of those cars are sitting at 43, and they're nothing. Like, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it in a while. I those are the ones that look literally a up. box, right? With, yeah, with, like with like pretty penny, and, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like yeah, blazer yeah. nut buggies. Those are literally granted okay, hold on, we're gonna step back a little bit. That's with like I forget how many pounds of water in the front and rear. I think it's uh-huh. like 120 oh. in the front, 80 in the rear. So but still, still, they're over four grand. So Luke, just take that in perspective. These guys are running ecotechs with nines and four well, granted 42s and 20s. I'm that's gonna start adding up, but still, still. I'm gonna it's throw it under back four to, is um like Eric Swenson was running lead shot in his tires and he weighed in at fifty one. So like it's entirely doable to hit like and when I say the build goal is sub four K, it's the thought of building to the idea of that and having the room to miss. And even if I miss, I end up in the 45 range compared to the 53 range that I'm at now with far more capability. You know what they, the old racer saying for the best way to save weight? Go on a diet. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm down 20 pounds. It's okay. Hey, that's 20 pounds off, man. Now you can add that to the water and the tires. You're set. I, honestly, I don't think I would ever really run water in the tires because I don't know 
what I would really want to do, and I would really have to question how that would work. Um, uh, Nick might be able to uh, school you on that. I think he's run water in his tires before. Yeah, yeah, I've run water in the USDs and trips. For what purpose? I mean, it seems like we talked about it last episode, so I don't want to harp on it too much. But no, I don't what think was you your did. purpose? I don't for... think you touched on it at all, unless I wasn't paying attention. Uh, weight ballast. Um, it it helps well, on duh, some of the but... bigger ledges. <laughs> I, no, I know that, but I'm saying, like, where were you? Was it for, the, like, a competition? Was it just to see, like, what was the purpose for you running them? I Not the reason to run it. Uh, to keep up on some of the obstacles with some of the people I wheel with. A uh, few of them do run water. Um, and it makes that much of a difference? It, it, it oh, makes a notable yeah. difference on some obstacles. On other stuff, it, it hurts, but on some of the bigger, higher climbs... Um, it, it definitely helps. You feel it. Hmm. An extra, I think, 600 pounds or so over the front axle helps. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, That's water's... A bit. <laughs> I, I fill it up above the wheel, the top of the wheel. <laughs> God damn. How did you get water in there? So you just, like, DB'd one side and then just chug a lug in? Or how did you get it in there? <clears throat> uh, deflate the tire, um, jack it up off the ground. It's still mounted to the Jeep. But um, I have a hose that I built a little adapter for, and I just slide the hose over the valve valve stem and just mm -hmm. pump city pressure in it, and it fills it up. And I actually have to stop occasionally to bleed the air off because it, it starts like, you know, 50, 60 PSI at some point. Mm. Oh, um, and I just keep doing that until it's full up over the wheel. <laughs> How do you know when it's <laughs> over the wheel? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what I so... It's on the jack stands, the axle, so I can rotate the axle where the valve stem is at the top of the wheel. Oh, okay, got it. And yep. I listen for it because you can hear it either splashing, and when it stops splashing, you know it's now filling up past the water level. Mm -hmm. I pull the hose yeah. off, and then uh, it drains down to the top of the valve stem. Gotcha. That's okay. Pretty wow. good. Hmm. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <sighs> Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that he would have had experience with that. No, does so RCV cool. warranty uh, water filled <laughs> 40s? Uh, if they don't know about it. Um... <laughs> All right, good to know. <laughs> no Instagram stories before you fill up your tires. Got it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah, he's got no a video of him rolling uh, on some main road with water in the tires. Or the caption oh, yeah. made it apparent. It was I, I got a kick out of that one. Um <laughs> So how much weight does that add per tire? Because it's got to be like a decent amount. I got to imagine a 40 is going to be like 25 to 35 gallons. Maybe less. I don't know. Um, I haven't, I don't know the total difference in water weight. I know with the treps in the aluminum beadlocks I had, I was sitting, I think at uh 375 380 pounds per tire God, so damn. essentially you're adding almost a thousand pounds uh i only feel the front yeah so now fill all four and you're really you getting that though no you only need to fill uh, the front no you can add some to the rear i just yeah. don't add as much because then you're then you're ruining the ballast now it's I, just the heavier vehicle <laughs> I think like some of the comp crawl buggies actually fill all four wheels, but they do. 
Yeah, I, Actually, I haven't. I'll tell you in two seconds. I'm going to ask. So, like, <laughs> Cody, though, going back to my point, though, uh, you can shave 800 pounds probably in water weight. Because if you're talking 375 a corner, my rims and tires with the nettos that I'm running right now are, I think, 129 a corner. So, 375 minus 129, you're shaving, you know, almost 800 pounds off the total weight of the vehicle, not to mention not having the sheet metal. I think, um, I want to say it's Chris Cinnamon, or Shinnamon, I don't know how to pronounce there you go. Shit, All right, now you're just being Graham, dude. Uh, um, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, I had a piece of like hot fucking pepper stuck in the back of my throat. Um, so Very I think his rig is like 36 or 35. Yeah, but that's it's a, is it a samurai based buggy with? It's basically nines. all tube at this point, and it is on nines, but he's got 60 outers, front and rear. So, I mean, obviously you're going to pick some weight up there, but that buggy is stupidly light. Um, you know, I think realistically, like, if you build to hit sub 4, and you end up at, like I said, 42 to 45, you're still doing far better because the majority of your weight still ends up being in your front axle, your tires, and all of that. You're not holding the weight of all of the sheet metal and crushed dreams. Well, I think if you, if you, if you just uh, build with weight <laughs> savings in mind from the beginning, you're better off. Chromoly. like. Yep. Right, I know my issue is early when I was when I first like put my Jeep on tons and put that cage on it. Like, I didn't care about weight. I just wanted it to, you know, do what normal one-ton Cherokees do, and that's what one-ton Cherokee people do. Uh, Unfortunately, you don't realize how much weight that adds, and you're like, oh, uh, that plus the sliders and everything else. I added a ton of steel to this thing that maybe wasn't strategic, right? Uh, I think that's the biggest issue with, with, okay. Know, at least, so Cherokee I'm a liar. Is it's no? What you're a liar? Well, it's okay. So I'm a liar. So I, I, so I just hit up Caleb Good. Him and his father run We Rock out west, and I asked him for the official numbers of how much his buggy weighed. And without water in it, and without him in it, it's sitting at thirty-eight ninety-six. Then I might be off. But still, I think that 53 is a little excessive and a little fat for what my rig is compared yeah, to what I put a doubler in it and full interior. Yeah, I don't want to know what your fucking rig weighs. I'm going to go 58. <laughs> but he did say that in the front, they would run water all the way to the top of the wheel, running about 400 pounds in each tire. And then in the rear, they would go to just the bottom of the wheel and they don't know the exact number on that. So, pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Damn, that's a heavy fucking tire, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, I found a <laughs> picture of it. God, I love that fucking combo, though. The blue, the only color I think that works just as good as that blue did was the, or would be like a nice bronze. I'm a sucker for bronze rims, but blue rims are also fucking baller. What were those? Uh, KMC Desert Machetes. Bronze on a silver Jeep? 
I don't know right? on a silver Jeep, but I'm I'm talking like a blue or a black Jeep. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> so your Jeep. Yeah. Where did, this where did this picture get sent to? Uh, I got it on my phone. He sent it to me because I don't know. Well, maybe I'm I cool. Guess fuck all of us, right? We don't. We well, don't care. I don't know where yeah, I ended it. Share with uh... the class, Luke. <laughs> I'll share right. okay, I just, I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. Hold on, I, I got you. Hold on. <laughs> um, so, what was your there take on the traps like overall? I've, I know we Ooh. talked about it last episode, but goddamn, that's almost like eight months ago at this point. So, I'm not mm -hmm. going to be expected to remember what I talked about eight months ago when I can't remember what I had for breakfast. I think it was coffee. Um, <laughs> In nicotine. <laughs> Caffeine and nicotine is a solid breakfast of champions. Um, <laughs> and Russians. <laughs> Sorry, touchy subject that I was holding nuclear war and all that. Anyways. Uh, I mean, I think it's a great crawling tire. Um, I, I really had no complaints about them. They run a little small, but... What, the trips? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like a just like... 38 and a half inch or something um, for a 40, which is a little small, yeah. I guess. Okay. But you know, I'm not, not a 40. Yeah. And the sidewalls are kind of soft. Yeah. I mean, they've got those big, um, like luggy things that kind of protects it, but I know what you mean, right? The, the actual, meat of the sidewall is, isn't I don't know what the differences are between those and the radials that I have run the radials that I ran were pretty good they'd slice the sidewall occasionally I've been really impressed with my with the razors actually I uh, I was expecting to have problems with at least one of them at this point and I haven't that does um, remind me to bully you to put two more pounds of air pressure in them because they flex just a little bit too far and you start getting into your rim perfect uh, well, the yeah, side. well that's fine that's I'm okay with that the rim is for traction too <laughs> that the rim is for traction that's what the steel is for I can just bend it back into shape yeah you it's can steel bead lock <laughs> it doesn't break and crumble it just bends and we can fix it uh Right yeah. there on the trail. No, those sidewalls are really breaking in nice. They were kind of stiff for the first couple of runs, but now they're like the like the razor or like the traps used to be, where they just fold over themselves. <laughs> Not a very good tread pattern though. Like it looks like it kind of unassuming. It's not really aggressive. Oh. It's nothing special. But what? Which the the razors? What tread? Oh, okay. The max tread. Those are yeah. good tires. Yeah. No, I'm. I, wasn't I've heard good things about them. A lot of guys up here have liked them or have good things to say about them. Uh, and I, you know, I had the trep radials, which everybody hates, but I kind of liked them. And you know, I'm, you know, I'm already in the Maxis sort of mode, I guess. So I was like, okay, I'll give them a shot. Um, yeah, I've used the radials on builds. I've just never personally ran them. Yeah, they're, they're okay. I mean, they they wear like shit, and then when they get low on tread, they start doing weird stuff. But that's more of a road manner thing, not necessarily an off-road problem. The other thing is I just had sidewall issues with them once they get, you know, 
speed on and run at low pressures for a while, they just start kind of dying, slicing on random things. But that's any tire, right? So, or any tire with a not super thick sidewall. Um, at least up here, right? We've got trees and stumps and little crap that'll inevitably take one. I had brand new ones that are just, you know, got caught in a bad spot and there it goes. But, uh, no, they've been good tires so far. I'm happy with them. Uh, and I think, <laughs> oh, I got a note on this too. Your least favorite tire was the MTR. I don't remember what the, your favorite one was. I think you said it was... Uh, the traps, but I know your least favorite was the MTR. You must have just got a bad batch. That's just how it goes with those. <laughs> <laughs> they were a little uh, stiff and non-flexible, but <laughs> again, they, they cooked them for too long or something. Right? Yeah, that's that's everyone's excuse. <laughs> yeah, I think the Nittos were actually my favorite, like a uh, DOT tire. I think that's what they asked me before. Yeah, um, and I, I, I was, will say I was a big fan of those. I've never seen Luke blow a sidewall in the years he's had those things on his Jeep. Uh, I don't think any of the Nittos... I don't think you've ever bought it. Do you even have a spare? No. <laughs> spare rim. Yeah, there you uh, go. So it's, that I says have a everything. spare rim because I've broken more rims than I've cut sidewalls. Jesus. Uh, so, like... That should just kind of put it into perspective. Um, I think I've broken six rims in the time that I've had those tires. Damn. Let's, let's clarify. You're not breaking them. You're just Driver beating bottom. them in to the point where they don't hold air very well anymore. Because that's the... I'm talking oh. about the aluminum ones, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Broke. I forgot about those stupid things. I love those. I love that look. It was so stupid. It was amazing. Um <laughs> If I ever end up putting that Jeep back to like a milder state because I built something else, I'm gonna find another set of those rims. They were kind of cool. Um, he had like the the 17 inch Alcoas. Yeah, the Super Duties. Yep. Uh, on it. All right. Yeah, they were. It's a pretty nice looking rim. The edges don't hold up on rocks though. And then no, but years out of them, so like I can't complain about a hundred and twenty dollars set of rims. No. No. If you, want, um, if you want some more, Luke, I've got a whole set that I'm not going to run. I think you even painted some of them gold. I probably, given how stuff's going, will take you up on that offer. <laughs> next time I see you, I'll bring them. <laughs> uh, maybe not next time, but the following time. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, like, I forgot what you did with your steering setup, Nick, but I meant, meant to ask you about that. Are you still running hydro assist or not? I think you it's, were running it's full hydro. hydro now. Yeah. Okay. I was actually interested. So you said your full hydro ran better on the road than your hydro assist because of the, I guess that's because of the orbital, right? You've got a good orbital in there. And this is all stuff that you kind of covered last time, I think. I just thought that was yeah. interesting. Everybody always complains about those being floaty. Uh, it, it's really not floaty. The floatiness is completely dependent on your alignment. A lot of people go full hydro, and for whatever reason, they don't pay as much attention to toe and uh, caster at that point. Mm -hmm. But um, if your caster set correctly and your toe set correctly, it, it should track pretty straight. That, and if you have a load reactive orbital and all that, it it helps. Yep. Um, the biggest thing for me driving was the low speed stuff. Um, street driving with hydro, the low speed, it's a Sometimes it gets kind of hard to turn. Doesn't like low RPMs and low speed. Uh, mm. But the full hydro 
every speed it performs the same. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've, I guess with with just a 4.0, you kind of have to wind it up to do anything, so I never noticed it on the road, because you're wound up usually higher than a 1,000. Uh, right. When you're getting well, parking lot kind of stuff. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Eh. You know what I always found interesting is why, like, desert racers like load react uh, full hydros. You mean um, don't like it? No, they do. They prefer it. Yeah, because road feel. It's yeah, yeah but just for for racing wise, I'm surprised you would want. I mean, granted, I'm sure with I don't know, I'm not fucking well in tuned with all of that, but wouldn't it mitigate some bump steer not having it? But you also wouldn't know. So never mind. I guess that's true because all of a sudden, if you're a hot, like a full <laughs> steering wheel turn off and you're trying to go fast, well, it's not gonna end very well. So never mind. <laughs> there you go. Sense. You answered your own question with Cody. <laughs> well, yeah, because it like recenters it. Yeah, never mind. I'm a yeah, fucking see, idiot. Look at Don't that. worry about me. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's a decent question to ask, and there's a good reason to ask it. So I can't fault you for asking it. But yeah. I don't know why people. I mean, is there a valid reason for going with a non-load reactive orbital in a? Awesome. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Saving a few dollars, really. Cost is the basic one because gotcha. you can get. Um, there's a lot of forklifts and stuff out there that run hydraulic steering on a much larger cylinder. Um, yeah. That is much. It's a larger cylinder, so the flow and total turns lock to lock, if you start doing the math out, actually ends up really close. Mm -hmm. But they're non-load reacting, so it ends up making the orbital an, excuse me, almost junkyard part. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, otherwise, I really couldn't give you a particularly good answer. Um, I think that on something like a moon buggy or a strictly crawling buggy, it really doesn't matter that much. But even on Ducky, I noticed the load reactive orbital a lot and was really appreciative of it. Yeah, well, I know it helps if you, know, you can turn when you don't have power and whatnot, too. That's always a plus um, for getting off the trail and stuff. Yep, yeah. I've done that. <laughs> um, is there dump releases on full hydros? I just realized I've never really like asked anybody. Or is there like, let's say your vehicle dies and you need to move it? Is can you still turn the wheel or no? Yeah, you can still turn the wheel. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. Never knew it. Yeah, it uh, yeah, it, it definitely bypasses some, but if you turn it, it's it's still trying to turn the wheel. So if you're at speed and the motor dies, it's really easy to get yourself safely off the road. Oh, that's good to know. Never knew all that. He actually did, because he mentioned it just barely in uh in 64. Oh, yeah, let <laughs> me just, hold on, let me just go back to my mind. fucking brain, pull that one out really quick, Sorry. You don't even have to, it's all recorded conveniently on uh, your favorite podcast platform. Yeah, plug, <laughs> motherfucker, plug the podcast on the podcast, let's go. <laughs> oh, Already, yeah, and I, I actually, so, um, I got one more thing, and I think it'll, it'll, it'll bring us pretty far here. Uh, Nick, you mentioned if you were gonna build another Cherokee, not that you would. You think you'd 
you'd go with a buggy in in your next build. But if you were to do it all over again with a Cherokee, you would you mentioned that you'd probably just use a bunch of the off the shelf parts that they offer nowadays to to do it instead of doing all sorts of one off stuff. Uh, so I thought that's kind of an interesting question. Like, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with like the newer off the shelf parts for Cherokees, but if you were going to go and like build a one ton Cherokee from start to finish, uh, what parts would you use? Um, I really like that, uh, Iron Man setup that's out there now. Mm -hmm. Uh, it looks really well thought out and pretty good geometry along with that big old skid plate it's got. I was I was kind of a fan seeing that, um, and it yeah. looks like it would take care of a lot of the problems people you know have of packaging stuff. Mm -hmm. I I haven't used that one. Um, I have put the Alpine Peak one in. That's pretty cool too. I'm interested to see how the skid plate holds up on it, but it's the same concept. It's a front, rear, four link belly kit. Uh, it could be a three link or a four link, whatever you want it to be. Um, but it's a little, it's newer. I don't know if, I think Rockstrox, the guy, the guy's in Rockstrox, so he was initially talking about it there, but it's pretty neat. I, I, like I said, I haven't, I haven't played with any of the Iron Man ones, so I don't know the major differences. Is the Iron Man one, like, completely flat between the frame rails? Uh, are you, you talking, like, height-wise? I believe it sticks down. Gotcha. Um. I don't. I don't think it's a full flat belly, but it's. I think it's contoured in a way that, you know, helps it out. Yeah. Um, and that's you get that with the production stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they don't want to sacrifice floor. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I having clocked my tool five pretty flat. I don't know if it was worth it. Like, yeah, I've got. Pretty flat belly, but my stupid cross member still hangs down stupid far. Uh, I don't know if I really gained anything. And I still hit the 205 on stuff. Like, it still smacks things occasionally. It's got protection sort of around it. I don't have a crazy belly pan, because um, I haven't found the need for one yet, honestly. The 205 doesn't really care if it hits stuff. Uh, as long as it doesn't snap the transmission. transmission. But uh, it's got a mount on the back, so it can't move very far. Um, okay. It's not just held in by that transmission mount, but uh, I don't know, because like, like you mentioned in your previous episode, like you have to cut a bunch of the floor out and, and clearance a bunch uh -huh. of things. When I did it, I actually cut my entire floor out and redid it all, and I just I don't know, I don't know if it was worth it to to keep that high belly. And then you see, and I could be wrong here, in like you know some of the actual buggy cars like the actual drivetrain is protected but it hangs down fairly low it's got a belly to it right yeah i don't know so i don't think you actually lose anything by keeping that where it is as long as you you know have uh gradual slopes on and off of it right just embrace yeah. the belly drag to some extent yeah, and I mean, and a lot of that's personal preference. I mean, I, I like the idea of having a flat belly to the point where I'm basically sitting on my 205. Mm -hmm. Oh, I am, um, and I'm sure you are too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to cut the seat bracket up by the cushion to clear it. Yeah, I think I've, I'm in the same boat. I, I've got 
PRPs, but it's the same thing. Like the bracket is literally like a piece of angle iron, I think, that is like an inch from the top of the two oh five. Like it's it's right there. Um uh, Yeah. It's um I don't know. And then I was hoping we'd get more out of that. I don't know. Would you would you 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 do Obviously, you do your own tube work, so you probably wouldn't need to do a like one of those. You you probably wouldn't do one of those cage things. But honestly, like the price for some of those things versus the price of tube right now isn't isn't too bad unless they change their pricing. Cody, you might know better than me. I don't know if you've been yeah. Some of the stuff is pretty well designed now. I mean, this is a lot of stuff that just wasn't around. Yeah, really, when I built it, um, like a lot of angles are pretty similar to what i did with mine uh, a few changes i would make i'd probably still do my own cage just because mm-hmm. i like it but if i i think more of what i was talking about then is if i built another cherokee i wouldn't probably go as crazy as i did it'd be uh keep something i could use off the shelf parts for you know just a general capable trail rider mm-hmm. um gotcha something okay. where i could just have fun on everywhere and not have to go 12, 13 hours away to find parks that are That's a challenging for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you keep it more... Are you, are you saying, like, nearly stock axles almost, or...? I, mean, I don't know if I'd be on the stock axle But, like, four uh, thing. and a quarter, more like the your old one, or...? Uh, and, not really, because, I again, I, I don't want to... It's more of a money thing. I, stock reliability, I would like. So if I threw like a stock set of Super Duty axles or something in there, gotcha. You know, okay. Nothing crazy. No crazy. You know, lockers. No crazy axle shafts. Parts. Just uh, yeah. Keep it cheap. Thousand dollar set of Super Duty axles, and yep. you know, I'm stronger than a built forty four nine setup. That's true. You know, I think that's why my rig uh, in the past worked as well as it did for as long as it did because everything was super basic. And I kind of knew its limitations. Yeah, and that all that helps pretty good. If you know what your stuff can take, man, it goes a long way at keeping you off the side of the trail. At this point, I live there, so I just go willing to enjoy it. Um, <laughs> what is the limitation of a factory Cherokee fuel pump in a moto-built cell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's low. <laughs> its limitations uh, are uh, underwhelming. <laughs> I was talking to someone else about it, and they suggested baffles, and I was like, the cell's already gone. It's okay. But that's that actually makes sense because they were talking about the fuel sloshing into it. Because whenever it would break, it would break out after a hard jolt side loading it. We could um, theorize. Oh, let's let it theorize here. It snaps the pump off, just clean off, even extend uh, it. And you it were you're sure you're making contact with the bottom? Yeah. Huh. His, initially, uh, yeah, wasn't. We, we initially found it wasn't. That that was a problem. He fixed that. Still broke it. Yep. Damn. I'm not having uh, a lot of luck with that. Um, I also think that the moto-built cell design 
left a lot for me to desire, so I ended up going to an RCI. Um, it's the exact same cell I had, but with a pickup on the bottom. And I'm just giving up the fuel gauge and going to a VAT pump, or a, sorry, a Walbro pump with a VAT regulator. Okay. Um, I'd rather be able to swap the fuel pump in five minutes with two quick connects than fuck around. And just think, if we ever have to start a fire, you can cut your return <laughs> and then just put that onto the fire and run your Jeep for a little bit. So I think it's... Connect the quiz connect. Quick connect. Alright, I mean, that's, yeah, that's probably a better answer. Let's be honest. But... But alright, I mean... I think... I don't know. We're, we just hit about two hours now. How are how you guys feeling? I'm pretty good with it. Um, I'm sure that there's... I've got a couple questions for Nick. I don't know if it's on-air or off-air stuff, but... Well, uh, if it's on-air stuff, say it now. <laughs> yeah, now's your time. Time's a ticking, buddy. So, you know, has there been a noticeable difference for you um, in the way that the podcast goes down and the... Uh, questions that are asked or is it kind of still the same campfire feel that it had before it, it's kind of got that feeling still yeah i mean nothing too crazy formal or anything it, it feels more of like a casual conversation i dig it no, that, that was kind of it you know right, well that could have been off air nobody cares about that <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if it's on air or off air so like well i asked you if you made the judgment up. call it was just the wrong <laughs> one already yeah, that's fine i'll make it we can cut it any, it's any, not the end of the world no, no no any closing uh statements here yeah i do i have a question I need Where did a small Richie go? and Richie had a he had a, uh, an emergency to go take care of. Gotcha. So don't worry about okay. So I don't know if we used to do this on the old you know nine months ago or so. Um, do you have any small animal facts or like a crazy Florida fact? Oh, we haven't us? done one of these in a while. I know, I know. A crazy Florida fact? Something. Uh, Give us something. Something that you know that you don't think other people would know. Like, okay, for example, facetious is the only word that has all the vowels in descending order. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to be sure. that dumb. Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> that dumb sounded pretty fucking educated to me. educated. It could be anything. Damn, man. Uh, I should have thought about this one. I, uh, Raccoon facts, gator facts. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, gator facts. What about piranha facts? Is there any piranhas in Florida? I don't know. Um, no, there's no... Uh, no. You have sharks no... in your guys' rivers that far in in Florida? Like, uh, that's a serious question. In, in my area, yeah, you can get them up in the river because the river dumps out right at the ocean where I'm at. There you go. Do you have any? Hold on, hold on. Oh Do you have God. any Wendigo facts? That's a new one. We've been talking about the Wendigo a little bit here and there. Anything? Uh, what's a Wendigo? <laughs> oh, perfect. All right, there we go. That's Don't you know that's it in the woods. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a it's a uh, App- Appalachian uh, folk. Uh, not really, actually. It's more Midwest. But anyways, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, that, that, don't uh, worry about we're it. good. Um, yep. All right. yeah, keep your sharks one. in the river. Uh, I got one. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I got a text from the Tennessee Wildlife Association or whatever the fuck it is that alligators are moving up through Georgia into the lower parts of Tennessee from Florida. Wow. That's pretty cool. Why? Okay. I mean, I guess so. Refuge. Refuge. I mean, we're we're kind of building houses everywhere down here now. And any body of water you go to in Florida is going to have a gator in it. Um, Any lake or stream is going to have alligators in it. Good to know. Don't don't put your little toesies in the water unless you want them to get chopped. You're fine. They run away from you. Really? That's two alligator packs. Jeez, (laughs) this man's out of rope. I don't know. They always seem pretty intimidating to me. And every video you see is not a friendly looking gator. I know I can go kayaking around here, and um, I'll you can feel them hitting the bottom of the kayak, and they're just trying to get away from you. What that's sketchy. I don't like it's 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 you Florida people. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are different. Bro. You, you got dinosaurs rolling around. You're like, oh, he's running ones. away. <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep your sharks in the river. Keep your gators on the run and uh, out of Tennessee. <laughs> right. <laughs>